No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where King Asa of Judah pays Ben-Hadad of Syria to make a treaty with him and break his treaty with Israel. This seems to make things better for Judah, or does it? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 on Simply the Bible. There is a constant temptation before each of us. It is so subtle as to not be detected on our radar. We are ready for the major temptations. The person who would entice us into dishonest gain. The attractive co-worker at the office. The anger that would cause us to strike out against someone either verbally or physically. We avoid these obvious temptations. But there is a temptation that is more dangerous simply because it is so close to us and so quiet. It is the temptation of self-reliance. Now, King Asa of Judah had a wonderful reign. He brought many spiritual reforms to the southern kingdom. After he defeated a million-man army of Ethiopians, a prophet came out to him, saying, The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So, for the next 20 years, King Asa served the Lord, doing more spiritual reforms, and the nation flourished under his leadership. And God granted them rest and peace. But then there was one little problem up north. We continue in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah that he might let none go out or come in to King Asa of Judah. Then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver and gold. Come Break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. Now, we all have those buttons that Satan can push to get a reaction from us. These are the areas where we are likely to sin. Baasha of Israel was messing with Asa and messing with their revenue by blocking the trade route access to Judah in the north. It was a clear act of provocation. So, how did Asa respond? Well, he took money, he gave it as a gift to Ben-Hadad of Syria, and he said, look, break your treaty with Baasha of Israel and make a treaty with me. Here, I've given you silver and gold, so break your treaty with Baasha so that he will leave me alone. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Aijon, Dan, Abel-Maim, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard it that he stopped building Ramah and ceased his work. Then King Asa took all Judah 
and they carried away the stones and timber of Ramah, which Baasha had used for building. And with them, he built Geba and Mizpah. So it would seem that King Asa's plan worked just as he had planned. Ben-Hadad attacked the cities of Israel, and when that happened, Baasha had to abandon the work project at Ramah to go protect the cities. And as soon as he abandoned those cities, then King Asa took away all of their stones and timber and used them to fortify his cities in Judah. No doubt, King Asa was feeling pretty good that his plan worked and that he had done it. But how did God see it? Verse 7, At that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the time. So God sent a prophet to King Asa and said, Look, you didn't rely on the Lord. When you were weak and young and you didn't know what you were going to do and the Ethiopians came against you with a million-man army, then you sought the Lord and he delivered you and he gave you a great victory. But now that you're older, you thought you'd handle this one yourself. And because you've done that, because you hired Ben-Hadad of Syria, now Syria is going to be a constant problem for you. But if you would have sought the Lord as you did earlier, then God would have taken care of all of this for you. He would have taken care of Baasha of Israel and Ben-Hadad of Syria, who was a continual problem to both Israel and Judah. King Asa had slipped into the temptation of self-reliance. Having a great success in his kingdom, being a very powerful ruler, he thought that he could handle this one himself, and he did, and he felt good about himself for doing it. It seemed that the plan worked, but God was not pleased because he didn't rely upon the Lord. Now, in his rebuke of King Asa, Hanani the seer gives us a golden nugget here in the Old Testament. Verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. You see, this is the way God works. God is searching for those who understand his heart, who have a loyal heart toward him, whose hearts are devoted toward him, that he can strengthen them in their work. Why? Because their work is aligned with his work. So many times we seek to develop a program, we have a great idea, we think, oh, I know how to grow the church, or I know how to build the kingdom, or I know how to do this great program, and, and I know how to help these people. And we begin 
to try to plan and strategize and do our surveys and our demographics and everything else. And when we've developed this great plan, then we say, okay, Lord, now bless my plan. But that's not the way God works. God has given to us his plans through his word. He says, do these things and I will bless. You get on the same page with me. You be working where I'm working and work alongside of me and be part of the process of what I am doing. And then I will put my resources behind you. And that is so much more satisfying. I've done it the other way. I have done programs and outreaches and things that I thought, God, you can't lose with this. This is great. This will work out wonderfully. And I have seen the Lord just sort of pass over that and very little fruit come from it. On the other hand, I was the fortunate recipient of Pastor Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and his teaching on simply teaching the Bible simply. And as he taught us pastors, he pointed us to Acts 2.42, which was there in the early church. They gave themselves to prayer, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, communion. And God added daily to their numbers those who are being saved. It was an easy thing as they simply gave themselves to the work of the ministry to building up the body of Christ, to making disciples and feeding the sheep and loving the people, and the Lord blessed them and added to their numbers. And I have found that to be true. Where is God working today? The Bible says that he is near to the brokenhearted. If we want the Lord to come and fill our sails with his spirit and bless the work that we are doing, then we simply need to roll up our sleeves and get involved where God is working among those who are hungry for his word, among those who are needy, and those hearts who are open to the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, how did King Asa respond to this rebuke? He was angry. He was angry with the seer, and he put him in prison. Why? Only because of his pride. King Asa was feeling very smug about himself, about his decision, and now this guy came and reigned on his parade, and King Asa was not happy. He's like, who are you? I'm the king here. How dare you speak against me? And he threw him in prison, and then not only that, but he oppressed some of the people. Who did he oppress? Probably others who were following the Lord, like Hanani the seer. Verse 11, note that the acts of Asa, first and last, are indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So the 36th year of his reign is when this incident happened with Ben-Hadad. Three years later, he contracted a disease in his feet, But he never called upon the Lord. He only sought the help of the physicians. And the insinuation here is that had he cried out to the Lord for help, God would have healed him, but he didn't. He was relying upon himself rather than upon the Lord. And so he died two years later in the 41st year of his reign. He rested with his fathers and they buried him in his own tomb which he had made for himself in the city of David. And they laid him in the bed 
which was filled with spices and various ingredients prepared in a mixture of ointments. They made a very great burning for him. So King Asa was one of the good kings of Judah. He had brought about spiritual reforms, a spiritual revival to the southern kingdom. And yet, in his time of success, he gave in to that subtle temptation of self-reliance. And even when God sent a prophet, he could have humbled himself. He could have just said, yep, you know what, you're right. I should have relied on the Lord rather than robbing the temple treasury to pay Ben-Hadad. But I was wrong. That would have been fine. At least he could have learned from the experience, humbled himself, and gone on to finish well. But instead, he hardened his heart, he persecuted the prophet of God, and he died five years later. And unfortunately, didn't finish well. There's a great lesson to be learned there, and may God help us to learn it, that we would all take to heart the wisdom of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Next time, we'll see where Jehoshaphat reigns in Judah and delights himself in the Lord. As a result, he increases his power. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.